Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace, calling North America to repentance and revival. Thank you for joining us today at the Corner of Truth and Courage. This is Tom Wallace. Today, folks, I want to share some thoughts with you. I get calls. I get emails. I do read uh, uh, your emails. I do listen to your phone calls, unless it's... Uh, you know, laced with profanity and, you know, the, you know, threats and all that type of stuff there. Certainly, you know, we just hit the delete button or uh, don't listen to that stuff. But uh, occasionally we get calls uh, and emails from you there. Now, I don't reply uh, or call back usually because, you know, sometimes, you know, if there's a disagreement or, you know, in something that I've said, um, I appreciate hearing from you. Don't get me wrong. I, I do. I appreciate you saying your piece. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's helpful to hear what others have to say. But I don't always reply because, you know, then we'll get into a debate. And I don't have the time for that, folks. I'm, I'm a busy person. Um, so, you know, but one of the things I do hear from some listeners from time to time, get emails and phone calls. We never hear you preach on the love of God. You know, your message is, is always doom and gloom and, and uh, judgment and fear and, and, and all this stuff. Why don't you preach on the love of God? And I want to give a response to that here today. Uh, preaching the love of God certainly is a biblical principle. No doubt about it. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Uh, Romans 5, 8, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, that, that he loved us while we were yet sinners. And, and so, you know, we could go through many, many passages on the love of God. And folks, there are many preachers on your radio dial that will preach to you the love of God. Um, but there's more to the Bible than God's love. But I also want to deal with this part of that message. That message sometimes presents a false remedy. And also, too, it's part of this political correctness agenda that's out there. Let me take you back to my early days in the ministry. Because I was a part of that school, folks. I was. And, but I've left it, and I've left it because preaching just the love of God presents a message to the undiscerning that God is some kind of benevolent cosmetic, you know, uh, benevolent uh, being that is kind of like a candy man. I can do whatever I want, and it's okay because God will love me. And there's no preaching of the judgment of God today in many of our churches. When I was a young college student and starting the ministry, and I've been in the ministry now 28 years, 28 years preaching the gospel. And, you know, perhaps I've learned a thing or two through these 28 years. And what was popular 
when I was coming out of Bible college, or actually while I was in it, I remember our teachers, and they were good. God, you know, I had a good education, don't get me wrong, but there were some things that was shared to us young men that um, got me on the wrong road. Things like this. Men, the question is, do you want to work hard or do you want to work smart? Well, sign me up for the hard road, buddy. That's what I want. You know, I don't want any shortcuts. I want it hard. No one went that road. We wanted to work smart. So we started listening to the gurus out there. And in my early ministry, those were people like um, uh, Rick Warren, Bill Hybels, and so on. And I remember taking those courses. You know, I signed up. I was a student. I wanted to know those who were successful, who were, you know, reaching the crowds, because, you know, like every preacher, we wanted to have success. And, and here's what I learned. I learned that I had to take the offense of the gospel out of my preaching. The offense, anything that's offensive, had to be removed. I was told nobody wants to come to church to hear something negative. They have negativity all through their week. They need to come on a Sunday and, be, and come for a lift and be encouraged. I was taught and told, don't tell people what they are. That's negative. Tell them what they can be. Make the message positive. The world doesn't have a problem with Jesus. They have a problem with how we present Jesus. And get this. I mean, these were some of the things. This is what we were taught. If you can sell Jesus like soap, you will build a big church. Now let that, you know, sink in. And the truth is, is that the crowds will come when you make Jesus fun and clean and and the gospel is, you know, all, um, you know, success and so on there. And then there, you know, the and then boy, they got down on fear evangelism. Anyone preaching judgment? Anyone preaching fear? Oh man, they had all kinds of bad things to say about that. And one of the things that was often said: fear evangelism doesn't work. It will only work as long as the fear lasts. So you got to keep the fear on them. Now, folks, i got to tell you, I got saved because I was afraid I was going to go to hell for my sins. Fear evangelism worked for me, my friends. When, I, when I, someone opened the Bible and explained it to me, and I understood that I deserved, because of my wretched sins, that I deserved God's wrath for my sins, I was glad to hear of the message of Jesus uh, dying on the cross taking my penalty, taking my judgment, so I wouldn't have to. It was fear evangelism that got me saved. And I dare say, if you are genuinely saved, you got genuinely saved because you were afraid you would go to hell if you didn't get saved. So if fear evangelism only works as long as the fear works, well, what's the alternative? If you're not going to have fear and preach judgment, what are you going to give them? Fun? And I'll tell you this, fun evangelism only will last as long as the fun will last. Billboards out there aren't saying 
you know, uh, repent and judgment and, and uh, you know, uh, you, you might perish and you're wretched and, and stuff. You know, I, I doubt very seriously if many Christians have even read this verse in Psalm 7, verse 11. God judges the righteous, and get this, and God is angry with the wicked every day. If he turn not, he will wet his sword. He hath bent his bow and made it ready. Don't you think that loving someone is warning him about judgment so he wouldn't, so they don't have to partake in God's judgment, that they can be rescued from it? The billboards today, no, they don't give that, that kind of message out there. What they say, God is love, Jesus loves you. And again, keeping all the message positive, but it creates a confusion in this world. And the lost man sees these messages, knows he's, he, you know, he's, he's involved in, in wretched, sinful, lewdness activity, and his conscience bears witness to this. And he absolves himself by saying, well, I guess it's okay because God is love and he'll forgive me. They have no idea that they have to repent and humble themselves and acknowledge their sin, that they're a sinner and deserving of God's wrath before God could save them. But the key is that, you know, what's out there today, don't be negative, don't be divisive, don't ruffle people's feathers, preach love, preach joy, preach peace, preach the path to happiness and success, and you're going to build a big church. And it's now reached the point where if you do preach judgment and repentance and change lives, if you preach that, you're now considered unchristian. And they're going to call you a hate monger and a fear monger. Folks, the love of God is that he sent his only begotten son to die a shameful, torturous death to pay our sin debt so that we could be forgiven and redeemed back to God. The love of God is that he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to what? Repentance. We've got to change. We can't continue as we are. That, gar that, that gate that leads to life, it's a narrow gate, folks. You can't come through with all your sin and all your self-righteousness. You must humble yourself. But we're not preaching that. The love of God is correcting and chastening, scourging um, uh, uh, of his children when they err. Hebrews 12, 6, for, the Lord loveth the, he, for, for whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. The parent loves his child. If he does, he'll discipline him. He'll spank him when the child does something wrong or something that, that's not good for them so that they'll learn to grow up and be healthy, and to live righteously. You know, when a child wants to, you know, reach for the knife on the table, you know, the mother will smack the back of that child's hand. No, don't touch that. That's dangerous. It's correcting. Love is sometimes, you know, making restrictions. When a teenage boy wants to come in any hour he wants and live any way he wants and, and be the ruler of his own life, well, a loving parent is going to correct and discipline that child so that he, he doesn't ruin and throw away his life. A prophet shows his love by speaking the hard things. It won't make him popular, but he does it out of love. It's, it's the love he has to correct the wrong 
and, and, and he speaks and says the hard things because he loves. Folks, it's because I love America, because I don't want to see uh, our country destroyed, because I love mankind and I don't want to see them to go to hell, I will speak the hard things and warn them of judgment. And when a Christian is, is, is an heir, the Bible tells me, Galatians 6, 1, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. We need to speak up when someone is an heir. John the Baptist, boy, he preached repentance. Matthew eleven seven. Jesus asked this question uh, about John the Baptist, of those who went to pre- hear him preach out in the wilderness. What went ye out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken in the wind. You look you're trying to find you looking for someone who's going to vacillate and bend wherever the wind blows. But what went ye out to see? A man clothed in soft raiment. Behold, they that wear soft clothing are in kings' houses. But what went ye out to see? What did you go out in the wilderness to see? A prophet. Yea, I say unto you more than a prophet. You see, folks, if we're going to hear the word, one who's going to profess the truth, he'll speak the hard things. And we're warned as preachers in Ezekiel that when God has said unto the wicked that they'll surely die, and if we don't give them warning, if we don't speak warning and warn them to turn from their wickedness, God says their blood will be required at our hand. Folks, I fear God too much to make that mistake. 